This is part two of our Real Estate User's Guide where we interpret a whole bunch of the commonly used terms and some pretty weird ones as well. We'll also have a, a bit of fun in this episode as we delve into some of the more ridiculous jargon used by agents. Welcome to your first home buyer guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy a workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now, we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today, we're bringing you more of the commonly used terms that property buyers need to understand. Every industry has its own particular language, and we want you to be able to speak the lingo with ease. In part one, which we bought you last week, we covered off some of the people you might come across in your property search. Some of the terms you might hear mortgage brokers and accountants use. Now, these are terms you might hear that relate to different property strategies. So now let's let's talk about different property strategies. <laughs> Rent vesting. Now I I have to say just up the word property strategies always freaks me out because that's something that a lot of spookers use. So be careful. Uh, but rent vesting is something that is very commonly discussed and we've, we've talked about it in, in previous podcasts uh, or previous episodes, I should say. Um, it's a fairly new term that mm. describes where somebody chooses to rent where they live and buy a more affordable investment property that's either smaller than they live, uh, that they than they live in, or in a less expensive location. So it is a good option for first-home buyers, particularly people living in Sydney and Melbourne, for instance, where, you know, it's known that these capital cities are ridiculously expensive. It takes 12 years to save a deposit in Sydney and nine years to save a deposit in Melbourne. So for people who choose to live in Sydney or Melbourne, particularly if they need size for a family, for instance, Mm. you know, rent vesting can be a good option for them Mm. to buy a smaller property or buy one elsewhere. And it means that you still have some money in the property market and you can make a really good decision around investment grade property uh, rather than personal preferences because sometimes personal preferences are what you want, where you want to live, aren't necessarily going to give you the best sort of outcome from a capital growth perspective. So the property isn't going to work as hard for you as it could if you made a very um, 
uh, unemotional decision based just purely on investment fundamentals to get an investment grade property. So it is an absolutely viable option. Again, a discussion with an accountant, um, a discussion with a, a very good property advisor, buyer's agent um, about the different options. Uh, but then that personal advice from a financial advisor, which is another person who is part of, of your support crew um, and to have on board, you know, looking at what are you trying to achieve in the long term from a, a personal wealth creation point of view, that discussion with a financial advisor is such an important one to to have before you make the decision as to whether you're buying a home or an investment property or what, what, are you, what are you going to do? Now, we've had so many questions sent to us on this as a topic, actually. Megan, I'm just chucking it out there. We are looking at putting together a workshop, uh, a rent vest or occupy workshop. And um, so if you're interested in being on the waiting list for that, you should send us an email at support at homebuyeracademy.com.au. And I'm literally, this is off the cuff because <laughs> it's in the wings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but if you want to know when it's when it's coming up, we'll be doing we'll we'll run a beta workshop first up, so you guys could be first cab off the rank if you're interested. Yep. Now. Next term, manufacturing equity. Manufacturing Sounds so complicated. Equity. It's uh, it, it's not actually done anywhere uh, but by you. Uh, so so you can't you can't go somewhere and buy equity. You you actually have to either let the market create it for you or do something that improves the value of the property, increases the value of the property. Therefore, meaning what you owe and what it's worth is. Uh, you know, there, there's a big difference, great, hopefully greater difference. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really just a fancy word for renovating or proactively adding value to the property, improving its value. Um, and it may be cosmetic. So, you know, cosmetic renovation may manufacture some equity and that's replacing the bathroom or the kitchen, ripping up the carpet and, and polishing the floorboards, doing painting, those sorts of cosmetic things may manufacture equity, but it may be structural as well. It may be adding a deck or an outdoor entertaining area or, um, Veronica, one of your favourite strategies for manufacturing uh, equity in apartments is if there's a really good size laundry to be able to turn that laundry into a second bathroom slash laundry. And, and you've seen that um, manufacture mm. some really good equity for people, haven't you? Yeah, done so well. Yeah, absolutely. Older style apartments often have quite a, like a separate laundry room. And it's like, if you took that laundry, that, that, uh, the washing machine and put a washer dryer unit in the kitchen, for instance, then you've got a bigger room that you can actually squeeze probably a shower and a toilet in. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. You just made two bedroom, two bathroom. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Which has more value than having a separate laundry. Definitely, definitely, absolutely. Right. Now, these are some terms related to making offers and dealing with your lawyer. Uh, let's do cooling off period. I'm going to take this one. It is, it is really different state by state, but essentially what the cooling off period is, is a legal entitlement for the purchaser, the buyer, to withdraw from a contract by given, giving written notice within a defined period after the contract is signed. So that is both parties have legally bound themselves to the contract of sale, but the buyer has a chance to change their mind for any reason whatsoever to get out of that contract. And, and it was introduced in Queensland because we had such a bad culture of property spruiking up here in the 80s and the 90s 
that people were getting tied up into contracts, like bound into contracts that they could not get out of because they were being flown up from Sydney or Melbourne. Um, they were being put into a car. They were being driven to a property. The, the, the mortgage broker was there. The solicitor was there. They were tied up into a contract that they could not get out of. So in Queensland, the cooling off period was introduced so that people could go, oh, whoa, hang on, I was put under a lot of pressure there. I actually don't want this and I think I've paid too much. Um, now, every state is different and in most cases a penalty payment can be charged by the seller if you terminate during the cooling off period. Um, in some states it's 0.25% of the purchase price, so you've got to sort of weigh up whether, you know, um, don't go ahead with the property that's not right just because you don't want to pay a cooling off ter termination penalty. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's a much bigger mistake to make. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in fact, New South Wales, the cooling off period was introduced not not to protect against spruikers, but actually to stop gazumping, you know. So yes. that was actually, you know, a way in which to give buyers a, a clear period of time to do the due diligence that they need to do prior to going unconditional. But there is something else in New South Wales that is nowhere else in the country and it's called a 66W certificate. It might be known as a 66W or the 66W certificate. Mm. And this in New South Wales, because you can waive a cooling off period. There's certain in every state, once again, there's differences in every single yes. state, but in New South Wales, the only way you can waive your cooling off period if you're not buying it at auction is um, to have your solicitory conveyance to provide what's called a 66W certificate. And this is something that they issue after they've advised you on the contract, explain what you're entering into, the risks of proceeding without a cooling off period, and they'll issue that certificate. And that's very powerful when you go to present your offer. If you present your offer to an agent and go, there you go, I've signed a contract, I've got the 66W certificate, and I've got a deposit check or a transfer of funds, um, then, you know, that's a very powerful and compelling mm -hmm. offer. But it's it only is. in New South Wales. But it, you can waive the cooling off period in other states, mm -hmm. but you don't have to say, for example, in Queensland, you don't have to have a solicitor issue a uh, certificate anymore. You, you used to, but there was a change um, in the Act that allows the buyer to waive the cooling off period themselves by simply completing um, a standard form, by signing a standard form to waive the cooling off period. It is really risky. Uh, and and certainly not to be done without getting, I believe, getting legal advice to completely understand your position there. Um, but in a really fast-moving market where there's a lot of competition, it is a way to put yourself in a more favourable light with the seller. So, but not without its risk, absolutely get some legal advice around the implications of that, which essentially is... If you waive the cooling off period, that property, you are going to settle on it regardless of anything that you find, whether the bank will or won't give you the money, whether you, you find there's an, an easement over the property or you, know, you are settling that property without any chance to change your mind. I have to say this terminology episode is taking a lot longer than I thought it would to go through <laughs> all this. So, <laughs> so let's sort of let's sort of There's a lot to talk about. Let's let's speed it up. Go on. Okay. So, all right. So conditional off. I'm going to take this one, Veronica, because yep, it's mainly do. done in Queensland. And there is an offer to purchase a property that is subject to specific conditions that need to be satisfied within a specified time frame. And if the buyer terminates the contract under one of those conditions, they are not penalised. They get their deposit back and they are not penalised. Analyzed. Now, examples of conditions that, that may be offered and accepted are subject to finance approval, subject to a building pest inspection, subject to a strata search. These are all conditions that are quite common and usually accepted in a balanced market 
really hard to get them across the line in a in a um, seller's market where there's so many buyers competing and there's so many cash unconditional offers. Yeah. Uh, but but it is more common in Queensland than New South Wales, certainly not in New South Wales. You can't do it in New South Wales. You can do mm. it in Victoria um, and you can do it elsewhere Western in, in some other places. Yep. You can do it, yep. but you definitely, yeah. Now, something that is unique to New, New South Wales. Gazumping. It's yep. illegal. People say, oh, gazumping. But what is it? Okay, it's basically where a seller verbally agrees to sell to one buyer and then sells to someone else or they raise the price when two or more buyers show interest. So that does happen, which is it once hurts. again why the 66W was introduced, you know, so they could waive that they could waive the cooling off period, also why the cooling off period was introduced mm, to prevent mm. that uh, it does hurt. There's no yeah, doubt about it. It hurts. Once you've exchanged, there's no possibility of gazumping, but until you exchange, am I right in saying it, it could happen at any point in time? Oh, absolutely. And mm. as I said, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. <laughs> what? Well, I don't, it's the R. It's an opera. It's an opera thing, you know, because it used to be that opera singers were fat because you sort of needed to be fat to. Have, Basically, I don't know why, but I mean, Let's to just move on. Anyway, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Holding <Okay>. deposit. <laughs> An initial goodwill sum of money given to register interest in or buying the sale of real estate before the full deposit is, is paid. Not binding in New South Wales, I will say. Mm. Um, so, for example, if a property is And doesn't happen on, in Queensland. No. So basically holding deposits, generally speaking, are worth nothing. Don't even bother with them, mm. I would say. Mm. Um, and, and in New South Wales, for instance, there's, it's called an expression of interest deposit and same deal. It's useless. It's, it's, it, I guess it's showing you're interested, but it doesn't bind anybody to anything. So I wouldn't No, they can it. still sell to somebody else. Yeah. All right, let's talk about auctions because mm. there's a, a, a really interesting vernacular around auctions and, and you really have to understand what's going on. And, and, and the first one is when an auctioneer says it's on the market and they don't always use those words. They can use all sorts of different terms uh, to indicate that, you know, we're playing for keeps, highest bidder will win. <laughs> like, there's all different ways of expressing that it's on the market. But usually it is just to indicate that the bidding has reached the reserve or exceeded the reserve and the property will be sold to the highest bidder. And the reserve price is the minimum price that a seller will accept at auction. So mm. they write that down, they present that to the agent slash auctioneer, and when that reserve is set, only, you know, the owner is obliged to sell if the price exceeds that. They can mm. change it too. Mm. Uh, so that's the reserve price. And there's a vendor bid. Do you get many of them oh, in Queensland? The, the, we, get, we can have unlimited number of vendor bids in Queensland, and really it's just a bid by, made by the auctioneer on behalf of the seller. That's all mm. it is. It's not a real bid, but a public statement that the seller is not happy with the amount of the last bid, and it's used to keep bidding moving forward. Now, there aren't many vendor bids going on at the moment because <laughs> buyers are bidding, 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 um, and they, these auctions are just having a life of their own. But in a slower market or where there's not many bidders, vendor bids, that's how they're used. Uh, unlimited number in Queensland, but only one in New South Wales. Is that yes, right? only yep. one. Only one allowed, there's, once again, state by state, different rules. I mean, the vendor bid makes me laugh. Sometimes in the middle of an auction I've sort of heckled because they've used a vendor bid and then they're wanting me to bid on top of that. I said, but the vendor just bought the house back and I'm not interested <laughs> in competing with the vendor. <laughs> so uh, another term that is used in auction is the first right of refusal. So what they'll say, and this is not going to happen too much in a hot market, of course, but you're certainly going to see it in, in a slower market. And markets aren't always hot. 
let me tell you, if you're looking mm. to buy now, you might think markets are always hot. They're not always hot. So yeah. in, a, in a slower market, you'll get often us, the auctioneer will say, look, you know, the, the highest bidder here for passes in, you get the first right of re- refusal. Now, what that is, generally speaking, is a courtesy uh, and the opportunity for them to buy the property at the reserve price after it's passed in. Um it can also be a clause in a contract that gives a potential buyer the right, you know, first right to be the first party to put an offer in once it's for sale. There's a few other bits and pieces there, but generally speaking, it's one of those things that's offered at at auction. It's more a courtesy than actual a proper mm. right. Mm. Yep. All right. Now, so some of the fun stuff, Veronica, some of the more ridiculous terminology employed by <laughs> particularly sales agents, um, starting off with one of your personal favourites, freestanding free to one to side. One side. <laughs> So basically, what? you wouldn't have this in in uh, in Brisbane, but definitely in Victoria. Well, do the freestanding or it's not, right? I know. So in Melbourne and Sydney, you'll get rows of terraces, right? And then the end terrace, so which is really called end terrace or end of terrace. Instead, they go, it's freestanding to one side. And we went, oh, well, it's freestanding at the back and the front too. It's actually freestanding on three sides, not one. <laughs> like, it's just stupid. It's not freestanding at all. It's I've just heard like, of it. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. It's what common. Puffery. It's just a joke. The other <laughs> one is north facing. Got to be very mm. careful with that one. Very careful because what is north facing? Uh, if it's not defined <laughs> in the ad, then you, re- you really need to have a really good look at it. Because the ideal orientation for a house um, or an apartment is to have your entertaining area. Um, facing north because mm. you get you know good breezes, good sunlight, no all that sort of stuff. Agents might advertise a property as north facing, but be careful about whether that's the front of the house that's facing north or the back of the house or or um, the kitchen window. Um, it, you want to be really careful about what it is that actually facing north. It's quite often when they advertise it. It's, it, it will say, if they say the house is north facing, they mean the front is facing north. If they say yeah. north facing garden, then you go, ah, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> and another tip actually that, that you've raised um, certainly during the course when we were recording the course was that if you have a look at the floor plan, if, if it does have a really good orientation and, and that balcony or that entertaining area is facing north, you'll often see the compass on the mm. um, floor plan. If it's not, then that might be an indication that it's either a western or a southern facing entertaining yeah. area. <laughs> Bastards. All <laughs> right. Unlimited potential. Oh, that really does my head in. <laughs> nothing, nothing has unlimited potential. Even if you had unlimited money, no property has unlimited potential because, and this is the it's other thing so you much see, you can do. <laughs> STCA. STCA, mm. you'll see that a lot in ads where it's, you know, you could put parking in or you could put a second story in STCA. What the hell is that? Subject to council approval. And it's really it's really the way for the owner and the agent to get out of any future claims against them. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, opportunity to subdivide um, subject to STCA. council approval. Yeah. <laughs> Can you subdivide? No, you can't subdivide. The council said no, but I said that in the ad. Um, so be, yes, be very yes, wary yes. of that. That's what that yeah. means. It's like yeah. get out of jail free card for, for, <laughs> for agents to claim all sorts of crap. Uh, all right, wrap us up, Veronica. One of my favourites. Renovate <laughs> or detonate. <laughs> or <laughs> Renovators delight. Bring your money paintbrush. <laughs> money pit, yeah. Total money pit. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been renovated in the past because it hasn't been worth it. There's, anyway. Since 1910. <laughs> <laughs> 
lots of properties are worth renovating, but there are a hell of a lot that aren't. So yes, not, uh, not every property deserves the time, effort and money that goes into a renovation to even bring it back to a livable state. That's it. And you know what? We're going to wrap up the terminology episode. We have gone way longer than we thought all these term, <laughs> terms would take us to explain. We hope you've enjoyed them. Uh, and, and there'll be a download with more terms that, that you can uh, regale yourself with and fill yourself with information so that when you're talking to an agent, a broker, uh, your conveyancer, uh, when you're talking, you understand what people are actually talking about. Very, very important. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.